right now in this moment, right now in the stillness of this moment. God, that we want to hear from you. God, that we ask that Jesus, you would just come and you would speak to us in a very clear way. God, I pray for for every person that's in this room. And God, I thank you that this was a divine appointment today. Nobody just happened to come to Summit. God, you brought us here today. So I pray that, Jesus, you would deal with us as only you can in our own individual way, that, Jesus, in just a few moments, we'd all leave changed. In just a few moments, people that that didn't have hope when they walked in would leave with hope. That people that walked in discouraged would would leave encouraged because, Jesus, you are alive. God, people who have honestly thought this week about ending it all would take a step towards you today. Father, I pray that, God, you just give me words to say, and I thank you that I'm not up here alone, but, Jesus, I thank you that you're right here on this stage with me. And so, Jesus, accomplish more during this time than we ever could dream, Jesus. These are just words, but you can take, you can take just words and change lives. So, God, would you do that, and would you do it for the glory of your name? And we ask all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. All right. Well, hey, it's good to see everybody here today at Summit. We are excited to have you here today. We are in part two of our series called Lift Up. And so, man, I just want to dive in today because I think that we're going to do something really significant today. And so if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open up your Bible, turn your app on or whatever you're going to use here, and I want you to open up to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7 is where we're going to be at this morning. And and listen, if you don't have a Bible, don't worry about it because the words are going to be up on the screen behind me, okay? The words are going to be up on the screen in just a minute, but but maybe you're here as you're turning there. You don't have a Bible that you understand, or maybe you don't own one at all. We say this every Sunday because I want you to do this if you need to. When you leave leave in just a few minutes, uh, right there at the back of the auditorium, there's free Bibles, free books for you there you want to just get to know God more, take your relationship with Jesus if you've got one to the next level. And so right there when you leave today, I want you to just grab one of those on your way out. We're really excited that you're here today. And open up to Luke chapter 7. So if you've got a Bible, go ahead, turn it on, open it up, or read along with me, behind me, on the screen. Luke 7 says this, one of the Pharisees asked him. Now, the him is Jesus, just so we're on the same page, okay? Asked Jesus, asked Jesus to eat with him. And Jesus went into the Pharisee's house and took his place at the table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he, Jesus, was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, She began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this, he said to himself, okay, so he's not going to say this out loud. This is just him thinking. You know, he's talking to himself, you know, like we all do. He's saying this to himself. He says, self, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who's touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered, saying to him. See, that's a big deal. He didn't say what he, said, what he thought there. He just thought it. And Jesus is responding to his thoughts because Jesus knows what you're thinking right now. All right? Jesus knows what we're thinking right now. And so Jesus just responds to his thought. i got to be honest. That would freak me out. He says this, Simon. 
Pharisee's name Simon. Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. A certain money lender had two debtors. Jesus is going to tell a story. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he, the money lender, canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them do you think will love him more? Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And Jesus said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. See, I don't know if you've, uh, I don't know if you've ever thought about this before. I want you to think about something with me today. I don't know if you've ever thought about this before, but behind everything you do, behind everything you say, there's a motivation that leads you to do that. Behind every single thing you do today, from the moment that you woke up to the time you go to bed, from the moment that you're born until the day that you die, behind every single thing that you do, there's a reason that you do it. There, there's a motivation behind it. So you're going to go to work tomorrow, and if you go to work tomorrow and you hate your job, something is motivating you to go. It might just be the paycheck, but there's your motivation, all right? You're, you're here, and, and maybe you want to get in some shape. You want to eat better. You're starting to hit the gym more than you ever have in your life. There's a motivation behind that, right? Everything we do, you want that person's attention. You want to become a better student. You want to climb the corporate ladder. Behind everything you do, behind everything I do, there's a reason that you do it. We, we don't do anything without some kind of motivation. I don't know if you realize this or not. There's a motivation for the reason you came here today. There's a reason something motivated you to come. Maybe the thing that motivated you to come today was that person has been asking you, come to Summit, come to Summit, come to Summit. And you're so annoyed with that person that you think that coming today will cause them to shut up, right? And so you're just, I'll get off my back, leave me alone. And so that's your motivation. Maybe your motivation was you wanted to come and hear the band play. Maybe your motivation was you wanted to come because you heard the preacher was good looking. I, I don't... Somebody, somebody, amen. Um, this is motivation, right? You're motivated just sitting in the seat. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this before. Maybe you're spiritual, you claim to have a relationship with Jesus, you're a Christian, you're an atheist, you don't even believe in God. You somehow happen to make it here today. But I just want to ask us all one question today What's your motivation? See, we're, we're in part two of a really quick series called Lift Up. And, and this series is really a three-part series about worship. It's getting us ready for Easter. It's coming in uh, two weeks. But, but this is a three-part series on worship. And so every week, we're asking a different question. Last week, you can go and you can download it on, a, on our website, summithazard.com. And the question we asked last week was, what are you lifting up today that will matter 100 years from now? 
And we, we talked about that for, for a while last week, and you can go and check that out. But today I just want us to ask one question today. I want you to struggle with one question today. What's my motivation? In fact, would you do this with me just so, we can, just so I can know that you're here and you're awake this morning? Would you look at the person next to you this morning and look them in the eye and say, what's your motivation? Just go ahead and pick somebody. Pick the one you like the most. Sorry for the other person. Look at them right in the eye and say, hey, what's your motivation? Just say that. What's your motivation? Because everybody has a motivation. There's a motivation for the people that we just read about in the story in Luke 7. The Pharisee invites Jesus over for dinner. There's a motivation there. And see, what you need to know about the Pharisee in the story in Luke 7 is Pharisees were the religious people of the day, okay? Pharisees, if anybody knew God, people thought during Jesus' day, if anybody knew God, it's the Pharisees. I mean, and just for example, and this is completely true, they had the entire Old Testament memorized. You win, if that's you today, okay? You win. They had the whole thing memorized by heart. And people, everywhere they, everywhere they went, people just assumed, if anybody knows God, man, it's the Pharisees. And so this Pharisee invites Jesus over, but, but the scene that we read, the story centers on a woman, She's at a Pharisee's house. Jesus is there, but the story revolves around a woman. And we don't know her name. We we don't know anything about her background. Really, the only thing that we know about this woman is what verse 37 tells us. It says, And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner. What's that mean? Here's what that means She's a prostitute. She's a prostitute. And see, Luke, Luke is, 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 is a details-driven guy. Everywhere you read in the book of Luke, Luke gives names and numbers and details. Luke doesn't give her name, and the reason he doesn't give her name is he doesn't have to. Everybody knows who this woman is. Everybody at this Pharisee's house, Jesus, everybody knew who this woman was, knew what she did for a living, knew what she did last night, and everybody during this day knows Pharisees and prostitutes don't hang out. Because Pharisees know God, prostitutes don't. Pharisees are good guys, prostitutes are bad guys. Pharisees are clean, prostitutes are dirty. At least that's how people think on the surface. But Jesus, Jesus comes on the scene, and when Jesus talks about the Pharisees, he said things that were shocking during his day and age because Jesus called the Pharisees sons of hell. Jesus says that the Pharisees honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Meaning they talk about having a relationship with God, but they don't have one. Did you know you could do that? Did you know that you can talk about having a relationship with God, but in reality not have one? I wonder if that's you today. And this woman walks in to Simon the Pharisee's house on a mission. She is motivated with something. She's so motivated that it says that she goes and she buys an alabaster flask of ointment. And and what that is, is it's extremely expensive perfume. This would have been probably everything that the woman had. Everything that she had goes into buying this perfume. After she buys this, she probably has nothing left. But do you notice she doesn't even think twice about it. She just goes and buys it. Because in her mind, Jesus is worth it all. And so she just goes and she buys it in and she walks in to Simon the Pharisee's house. She hears that Jesus is there and it says that she walks behind him. She doesn't even get to walk in front of him. And when she's in the presence of Jesus, 
It's so overwhelming, she just begins to weep. In fact, she falls to her knees at Jesus' feet. She's still behind him. She falls to her knees at Jesus' feet, and she begins to weep so uncontrollably that her tears are just soaking Jesus' feet. Do you know anybody that's an uncontrollable crier? Do you know anybody like that? Like, like, I, like I'm one of those people, okay? Like when I cry, I wish I was one of those people who could maintain composure with a tear falling from their cheek. But I'm not one of those people. Like when I cry, it's like, <laughs> and snot. And it, like if I start crying up on stage, y'all might as well go home because I can't recover. Like there's just no hope once I start crying like that. But what happens is she is just overwhelmed with emotion. She's, she's sobbing. There's, there's, everything in her is just flowing out. It's falling on Jesus' feet. Her tears are falling all over Jesus' feet. Here's what you need to know about Jesus' feet. These are nasty feet, man. Nasty feet. See, I don't know if you know this or not, but Jesus did not come to earth rocking some Jordans. Did you know this? Right? Like, they were not around yet, okay? So, at best, during Jesus' day, the only shoes anybody could choose from was a strap of leather that barely separated your foot from the dirt. And this is an agricultural-driven society. There's animals everywhere. Do you know what also comes with animals everywhere? There's animal everywhere, man. So, don't step there, don't step there. Don't move, it's everywhere. So, Jesus comes with animal stuff on his feet. Dirt on his feet. Everywhere Jesus had went, it's on his feet. She begins to cry so uncontrollably that her tears, there's a huge mess that's that's resulting at Jesus' feet. She has nothing to use. She does what she can. She grabs her hair and begins to wipe wipe Jesus' feet with her hair. And everything that was on Jesus' feet is now in her hair. And then she takes this, this overly expensive perfume and she pours it on his feet and at that point the aroma fills the room she is making a scene Simon the Pharisee and everybody in the room except for Jesus everyone in the room is thinking what you might be thinking if you're new to this story isn't this a bit over the top isn't this a bit much see everybody in the room knew she had a past Everybody in the room knew that she had done things she'd be ashamed over. I wonder if there's anybody in the room today that's got a past. Wonder if there's anybody here today that I'm talking to that 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 you've done some things and man when it comes to your mind it just there's still some shame with it. That's where she was. And and she knows what everybody might be saying. She knows what they're thinking when she walks in. But she goes beyond that. She is driven to go beyond that because she's got a greater motivation than what people think about her. She's got a greater motivation than what they might be saying about her. She is driven by one thing. She has one motivation. And listen, I'm telling you that the thing that motivated her, if it becomes to motivate me more, if it comes to motivate you more and our church more, it will change your life, it will change our church, it will change our city, our region, our country, and our world. If we have the same motivation that she has, if the motivation that drives her begins to drive us more and more, and she is motivated by one thing, And it is so simple, you do not even probably need to write it down, but it is absolutely essential. The thing that motivates this woman to do the unthinkable, here it is. She is motivated by love for Jesus Christ. 
She's met Jesus, and it's just been so overwhelming. She radically loves Jesus. She radically loves Jesus, so much so that she goes to the lengths of extravagant worship. Because listen to me, worship is simply the expression of what you love. That's all worship is. Worship is simply the expression of what you love. And I want to say this, and would you just listen to me for a second? You're here, you claim to be a Christian. I don't know where you're at today spiritually, but here's what I want to say to us today. Because your reaction, the the reaction of tears on dirty feet and hair, that might not show up in your life, but listen to me. The same thing that motivated this woman, if you meet Jesus Christ, it will become a motivation in your life. Love for Jesus Christ. See, to meet Jesus is to love Jesus. To to encounter Jesus is to meet him and to be so changed by him that all of a sudden there's a change in your heart so that you will love him. It might not look the way that it looked for this woman, but you will love Jesus if you've met him. And so I just want to talk about that idea today. I just want to talk about that thing. And in fact, I want to give us two things that we need to know about that kind of love. Love for Jesus becoming the driving motivator in my life. I want us to see two things about that kind of love. And I'm convinced this is essential for every person in the room to hear. First thing I want you to see today is that love happens. Love happens. It just just naturally happens. See, Jesus tells a story about two people who were forgiven a debt. And one person owed a massive debt, the equivalent of a million dollars. The other one, the equivalent of about 20 bucks. You ever owed anybody money? And you ain't paid them? Right? What do you do when you see the person you owe money and you ain't paid them? You see them in Walmart. What do you do? Lie, pretend you don't see them. Right? That's what you do. Oh, look, all of a sudden, I need kitty litter. I don't have a cat. (laughs) Right? Right? Because you owe them money. And every time you see them and they talk to you, both parties are thinking what? You owe me money. Guy owes a million dollars is hanging out with the guy that owns 20 bucks. All of a sudden, they're at Walmart buying kitty litter. And the guy they owe money to walks around the corner. Oh, snap. He's seen us. We can't fake it. He walks up to both of them and says, hey, man, that money y'all owe me? Never mind. Don't, don't even worry. Yeah, the million dollars? Ah, don't, wor- don't worry about it, man. The 20 bucks is 20 bucks. Man. Don't, you guys don't owe me anything. Would you be grateful? And the church said amen, right? Because some of you ain't got a million dollars. Don't fake it. Don't fake it. I'm blinging right now. No, you ain't. No, you ain't, all right? You ain't got it, right? But, but what happens is Jesus wants us to see this. This woman was forgiven for a massive debt. She had a past. She had done things. Everybody had rejected her. And Jesus was the first person in her life that walked up to her because he's the only one that has authority to do this. And he says, all of your sins are forgiven. All of your sins are forgiven. And in that moment, she's filled with gratitude and with love for Jesus Christ. And Jesus wants us to see today that this story is my story. I've, been, I've had my sins forgiven. Jesus has stepped into the scene of my life and he's given me freedom and he's given me a second chance. And if you've got a relationship with Jesus Christ, he's forgiven you for all your sins. He's given you freedom. He's given you a second chance. And listen to me. One of the things that happens when you meet Jesus Christ, see, to meet Jesus is so radical Jesus calls it being born again. 
It's not just simply making the decision like you decided what pants you were going to wear today. It's so radical, it's like being born all over again. And just like when you're born, there are things that automatically happen with life. The Bible says that our hearts are dead before we meet Jesus, and when we meet Jesus, all of a sudden our hearts become alive. We're born again. Listen, if you've been born again, just like being physically born, there are things that automatically happen. Why? Because you've been born. Parents in the room, parents, those of you with babies, those of you that have met babies, those of you that, ha- that have been babies, um, I don't know, I don't know, right? They just do things, don't they? Like, I never, had to talk my, I never had to teach my kids to scream uncontrollably at inconvenient times. Anybody? Hey, we're in a restaurant having dinner right now. You should freak out. That would be really awesome. I never had to teach my kids how to poop on me. Anybody, like anybody scheduled that? Hey, right now would be an awesome time. You can just poop right on me. Just shoot it all over me. Here it is. Glorious. Thank you. It's inconvenient. They just do it. Why? Because that's what they do. Did you know the same thing's true about being born again? If you've been born again, if you've really met Jesus, there are just some things that happen, just things that naturally happen, like you will love the one that has saved you. You'll, you'll love Jesus Christ, man. All of a sudden, he's given you a new motivation so that your heart was going one way, and now you're going a different way. Here's my question. Has this happened to you? Has something so supernatural happened in your life that all of a sudden you're going in a different direction and you love Jesus? You're not perfect, but you want to live for him. Has that happened to you? Listen, if you're here today and you're a Christian, you've got a relationship with Jesus, would you do me a favor and never get over it? Right? Never get over meeting Jesus Christ. Never. Don't you get bored with being saved. Don't you get used to it. Don't you start to think that there's something better. There is nothing better than having a saving relationship with the one that's made you. There is nothing better than having him set you free, adopting adopting you as his child, and him refusing to give up on your life. There is nothing better than that. Would you just never get over it? Never get over And listen, 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 listen. Some of you are here, let's just be flat out honest. Some of you are here, man, you claim to be a Christian. You're looking at people with their hands raised and they're excited about Jesus and you think they're weird. Listen, you're weird. You're bored with this? Something's wrong. You, have, are you used to this? Something's happened. Oh, you know what? That's not, that's, not as, well, that's not all it was cracked up to be. It used to be in my life. It used to be a big deal. Not as big a deal as it used to be. Something has went wrong and you need to figure out what it is because there is nothing as big a deal as meeting Jesus Christ. Nothing's bigger. Because listen, listen, if you've met him, if you've met him, this is going to start to happen in your life. It just happens. Has it happened to you? Because if it's not happened to you, man, would you do yourself a favor and not fake it? Do yourself a favor and don't fake this. Somewhere along the way, Christianity just got hijacked so that people think it's about praying a prayer so that you don't have to go to hell. That's not what this is about. It's about having a relationship 
with Jesus Christ and you love him and he's entered into your life. And listen, if that's never happened for you, if God's never forgiven you for your sins, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm telling you today is the day. But if you're here today and you're, you've got a relationship with him and some, somehow you're bored, somehow you're used to it, then God's brought you here today because he wants to get you back on track because there is nothing greater than him. Love just happens when you meet him. Love just happens when you meet him. But, but, it doesn't stay there. It doesn't just happen so that there's butterflies all the time and you don't do anything. Because not only does love happen, here's the last thing I want you to see today. Love does. Love does. Love happens in our lives, but then it does something. Because have you noticed that we're never quiet about what we love? Have you noticed that? We're never quiet about what we love. We're, we're passionate about it. We, we talk about it. We put it on Facebook and we tweet about it. We put it on Instagram. We throw money and time and, and energy towards it. We're never quiet about what we love. We're never, we, we always give time and attention. And, and what we love is loud in our lives. Same thing's true when it comes to Jesus. Love does. Love will cause you to do certain things. If you've met him, to meet Jesus is to be set free by Jesus, and to be set free by Jesus is to love him, and that love will lead you to do a few things. So what will it lead me to do? Love will lead you to sing. Did you know that? Love will lead you to sing. Love will lead, now listen, listen, some of you all can't sing, and we know it, we know it. Like we stand next to you when you're trying, and pro, you're just trying. Keep it up though. But love will lead you to sing. Love will lead you to talk about what you love. And it will lead you to share what you're excited about. I want to share a verse with you. Look at this verse that's going to come up on the screen here. I think it's coming up. Psalm 42, Psalm 47, verse 1. Look at this. Clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. Do you see those words? Clap, shout, loud Joy, some of you need to send a memo to your face, right? You know what the loudest place should be? Church. Church should be loud. Summit, we should be a loud church because, listen, silent things are dead things, and we are not dead. Am I right? We're not dead. Man, Jesus is alive, and Jesus is changing lives. He's changed your life, and we shouldn't be silent about it. We should clap. We should shout. We should get excited. This is exactly why if the band sings a line that just rings in your heart, you should clap. You should get excited. should lift your hands when you sing. Do you know what this means? doesn't mean, hey, I didn't wear deodorant. You want to whiff? That's not what this means, man. What this means, this is just simply a declaration. Jesus, I'm surrendering all I am to you. Jesus, I want to surrender more to you. I want to surrender more of what I mean. You're worthy of all of my life. It's an act of surrender. You should do it. Might set you free a little. If you're Baptist, you can do this. Right? Should shout. You should clap. If the sermon's good, you should say amen. That's a good cue. That's a good cue right there. I was just checking. I was just, like if nobody would have said amen, I was out. I was out. 
right? They're like, well, I guess that ain't no good, right? But listen, 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 listen. And you should come, and you should come ready to do that stuff, man. You should come eager to do it. I don't feel like I should do it. Do it anyway, because listen, if you always follow your feelings, number one, most of you would quit next week because you don't feel like waking up and coming. And number two, if you always follow emotion, you will always be driven by ungratefulness and criticism. If you want to have a heart that's overflowing with thankfulness, then start to give thanks. If you want, you want joy, start to be joyful. I don't have anything to be joyful about. Has he brought you from death to life? You got more to sing about, more to clap about, more to have joy about than you could ever imagine. Right? You, you should, because why? Love, love does. Love will lead you to sing. Love will lead you to serve. Did you know that? Love will lead you to serve. Love, love will, will lead you to take the automatic response of saying, Jesus, if you gave yourself away from me, how in the world could I make this about me now? Jesus, here's my life. Take it and use it. Here's all that I am. This is, exa- this is exactly why Summit is huge on serving. I make no apologies for the fact that as the pastor of this church, I think every person in the room should serve. I think everybody in the room should serve. Here's why. Because that one hour that you put in every so often, every couple of weeks here at Summit, is a reminder. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's not a burden. It's not a burden to serve in Summit kids. It's a joy because you're investing in the next generation. And who's to say the next Billy Graham is not in that back room? Who's to say the next missionary to China is not the the little girl that's in the back learning Jesus loves me? And the world has changed because you gave an hour. Who's to say, listen, listen, guest services, what people do out there in the lobby matters more than we could ever imagine because people come every week. I hate church. A smiling face tears the barriers down. They hear from Jesus. They leave chains. I think every person in the room, if you don't serve right now, you should just flip your connection card that you got from our awesome guest service volunteers today. You should take that card, flip it over, and you should check a space to serve because maybe you need to be reminded it's not about you. It's not about you. And serving is a reminder of that. You should serve. Teenagers, serve. Don't wait to be the church 20 years from now. You're the church now. Teenagers, you should serve. Senior adults, don't live the lie that says my best days are behind me. If that were true, then God would have taken the breath out of your lungs and you'd be looking at him. Instead, you're looking at my ugly mug because you got some stuff to do. I don't care what stage of life you're at, you've got the opportunity to give yourself away and make a difference because love serves. Here's a touchy one. Love will lead you to give. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. People get ticked off when you talk about money in church. Did you know this? Some of you know this because you're mad right now um, that I just said money. But, But see, this woman, she spends all that she has on this alabaster flask of ointment. All that she has. And the motivation behind what she gave is simply this. He's worth it all. He's just worth this. See, love will lead you to give. I don't know if you realize this or not. Did you know that Jesus talked more about money than heaven and hell combined? Jesus told over 30 parables, and over half were about money. We read a story about money just a minute ago. Do you know why Jesus talked about money so much? For the same reason that some of you are mad that I'm talking about it. For the same reason that some of you are uncomfortable that I'm simply talking about it. Because here's what Jesus said. Money's the number one indicator for what your heart worships. You want to know what you really live for? Watch where your money goes. 
You don't like that, but man, that's just true. That's not me, that's Jesus. It's not me, that's Jesus. So, so what should we do? Here's what love does. Love leads us, calls us to give. Maybe this is the first time you've ever heard anything about this kind of thing in church. Here's what the Bible calls us to do. Take 10% of what God gives to us and give it back to him. Say, wow, that's a big deal. I don't know if I can do that today. Here's what I would ask all of us to do. We say it every week. Take a step. Take a step and do what you can. Some of you are here and you're thinking this. Oh, man, I hate this because all churches are always only about money. I think you've been, if you've been at Summit for five minutes, you know that's not true. Amen? You know that's not true. All right? All I'm doing is inviting you to take a step. This is why we're doing the lift up offering. You missed last week, you got a lift up card when you walked in today. This is why we're asking people to give so that we can, so that we, everything can go to the next level. We can enhance our ministries and hopefully we're praying, we're praying for a thousand people here every Sunday. A thousand people every Sunday. Why? Because you've got friends that need Jesus. You've got coworkers that need Jesus. We're, we're, we're taking up the lift up offering so that we can do everything we can to reach the people that you know and love who need Jesus. We're taking up the lift up offering so that during the month of May, during the Be the Change initiative, we can be the hands and feet of Jesus and serve this city and region like it's never seen before and say, something is up with those people. What's their motivation? It must be love for Jesus. We're asking people to pray about how they can give during the lift up offering so that we can start churches like Summit in areas around here that need a church like Summit that can radically change lives. So when you give, we're helping to plant a church just over an hour away in Barberville that's going to radically turn that city upside down and you're giving to that. We're taking up the lift up offering because we want to see 1,000 people in Africa get access to clean water so that it can help them survive and so that they'll hear about Jesus and be radically changed. Why are we doing that? Why are we challenging you to give? Because we love Jesus. That's it. That's it. We want to see Jesus lifted up in this city, in this region, in this world. Want to see him lifted up in our lives more. That's why I'm praying that we would be the most generous church. I'm praying that we would be the most serving church. I'm praying we would be the loudest church. Because you ought to be loud. Why? Because he is alive. And if he's done a work in our hearts, then what that work looks like, it will lead to love for him that leads us to be different people. I just got one question for you. What's your motivation? What's your motivation today? Listen, man, if this is your motivation, if Jesus Christ has stepped onto the scene of your life, you're not perfect, but man, you'll never be the same. I want you to do this for me. Never get over it. Will you do that? Never get over it. Never get used to it. In fact, in fact, some of you, you were really excited about him weeks ago, months ago, but all of a sudden that flame is dying out, and he's brought you here today because he's saying, it's time to stop playing games. It's time to, time to only stop giving half of who you are. We've got a Savior who didn't give half of who he was, and if your love for him, your, your passion for him, if it's fading out, if it's dying out, he's brought you here today because he's saying to you, you need to do whatever it takes to have the love for me, love for Jesus, grow inside of you. you got to do that today. And so today, some of you, man, you need to go to him in prayer and simply say, Jesus, I am coming back. 
Because I just feel like I'm going away. Not where I used to be. I tell you what, you're not where he used to be. He's never left you. So you don't need to go out and do this dog and pony show and jump through a bunch of hoops and make all these lists of rules. You can just simply come home today. Some of you are here, though. And what I've talked about today, the way that I'm talking about it, you know and God knows this has never happened in your life. I think one of the scariest verses in the Bible is Matthew chapter 7. Because Jesus says at the end of the day, at the end of the age, we're all going to stand in front of him. And there will be people who will stand in front of Jesus and they'll say, Jesus, I went to church every Sunday. And he'll say, yeah, but you didn't know me. You didn't have a relationship with me. People will say, Jesus, one time I prayed a prayer because I didn't want to go to hell. And he'll say, hey, you didn't know me though. There will be people who say, Jesus, I preached some awesome sermons. Yeah, but you didn't have a relationship with me. Jesus, I did stuff for you, but you didn't know me, he says. Do you know him? And if you don't know him, today is the day that you can come and give your life to Jesus Christ for the very first time. You just bow your head and close your eyes right there where you're at, and you can ask Jesus in in your own way. I'll lead you in just a moment. But to simply say, Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Give me a new heart. I want to love you and live for you to the best that I can. Amen. And I'm telling you, Jesus Christ will enter into your life, and you'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. What's your motivation today? Would you pray with me? With every head bowed, with every eye closed. Dear Jesus, Jesus, we just give this time and this moment to you and acknowledge your absolute control over this moment. And Father, I pray for every single person that's in this room right now. Every man or woman, teenager that's trying to run away from what you're doing in their life. They they came to church today, they weren't interested in any of this, but something's happening inside. Holy Spirit, would you show, show them that it's you and show them that you love them. And that they would just simply say, I surrender. I'm yours. Jesus, would you bring home that that person who used to be really passionate, on fire, but they didn't didn't mean to, but just a few small decisions, and now all of a sudden they just, seems like it's all drifting away. Jesus, would you bring them back today? Jesus, make our motivation a deep love for you, Jesus. We thank you that you love us. Let your way be done during this time. With every head bowed and with every eye closed, what's your motivation today? What is Jesus Christ saying to you today? Christian, let me ask you something. If you're, if you're here today and you'd say, you know what, Mark, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I've got a relationship with Jesus, but I'm not where I used to be. Man, everything you talked about today, that used to be the driving motivator for me, but it's not now. And I know that God brought me here today because I am coming back. I am coming back. Jesus, I want you to restore to me the joy of your salvation. I want you to restore to me a new and fresh love for you. If you're a Christian and that's your prayer today, would you raise your hand right now? Just simply say, Jesus, I want a new fresh love for you. I'm not where I used to be. I want to come back. Raise your hand right now. Hands are going up. Here's a hand up front. There's a hand in the middle. Here's a hand going up over to the side right there. Anybody else? You raise your hand right now. Nobody is looking. 
Some of you, I believe, you need to get up and you need to go talk to, the, talk to maybe somebody in the back of the auditorium. We've got men and women who are there right now, want to love on you, want to encourage you, want to pray for you, and simply to say, don't give up. He's not going to give up on you. Let's do whatever it takes to get that love for Jesus Christ stoked again like a fire in your heart. So listen, if you're here and that's you, won't you get up and go to the back right now? You got some situation in your life you need prayer about? Get up and go to the back. You're about to quit. You get up and go right now. Just get up and go. Can we just stop wondering what people think and stop thinking we'll do it tomorrow? We don't have a tomorrow, but we got it today and it's right now. People are moving. You just go. Just get up and go. But I believe there's a lot of people in the room and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here today and you've never been saved. You've never asked God to forgive you for your sins. Just what I've been talking about. You, you did something spiritual years ago, but here you are decades removed from that. And you know you don't have a relationship with him. Today, can we, can we drop the mask? The lights are down. No one is looking. This is a moment of honesty between you and God. Maybe you need to simply say, Jesus, I'm really not saved. Jesus, I need to begin a relationship with you. If you're here today, you want to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm going to pray a prayer. And I invite you to pray this prayer with me right there where you sit. You just simply say this prayer. This is between you and God. You say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. I want to live for you. Jesus, I love you. Thank you for your forgiveness. Amen. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, did you just pray that prayer? If you just prayed that prayer, I'm going to count to three. And as soon as I say three, I don't want you to think twice about it. I don't want you to wonder what everybody else is thinking. As soon as I say three, I want you to raise your hand fast and high into the air because God has brought you here today because he wants to give you a new heart. He wants to change your life and give you that second chance and that hope. And so this is your moment. As soon as I say three, just shoot your hand up in the air to say, today I want to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now if that's you. If you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, there's a hand right there in the middle. God bless you for that. Anybody else? God bless you for that hand. Anyone else in the room that would say, today's the day. God bless you. There's another hand on the side. God bless you. Listen, here's what I would ask you to do. Here's what I would ask you to do. I know, you're like, wow, man, what's, what's, what's about to happen here? Nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. But Jesus made a public declaration for you. He died publicly for you. And Jesus always calls us to ask. Jesus always calls us to make our, our, our commitment to him public. And if you just raised your hand, if you just raised your hand, or if you didn't, man, you just have questions about Jesus and what it means to be a Christian. You want to begin a relationship with Jesus. I don't know where you're at today, but if you just raised your hand or you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, right now, I want you to stand up and make your way to the back of the auditorium. If you just raised your hand, do that. Just go ahead and do it right now. All we're going to do is give you a free Bible and a quick book and pray with you and say, hey, this is awesome, and you'll be back in your seat before this ends. If you're afraid, just ask the person next to you to come with you today. All right? But just get up and go. If you did that today or you want to talk to somebody about it, you make the move. You do what you need to do today. All right? You do what you need to do. Believe that God is moving and working in this room. If you need to go back there and talk to somebody, you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, you make your move. You make your move. Jesus, we love you and we praise you and we give you glory and thanks and honor for what you've done here today. And Jesus, we want the driving motivation for our lives to be loved for you, the driving motivator for our church 
to be loved for you. Jesus, take us and use us. And thank you that we got to meet with you today. In your name, amen. Hey, is there anybody thankful that they got to come to church today? Anybody thankful that God brought you here? Man, anybody thankful you're here than the best prison Kentucky could offer you? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, now, here's what we're going to ask you to do. Stay in your seats because our ushers are coming right now. And we're going to receive our offering. Thank <laughs> you.